Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Greg Peterson experience. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. It is Super Week here at the Sports Bank Network, and we've got a super show for you as we've got three hours of fun. We're going to get you guys set for the Super Bowl. Top of that, though, we've got a nice college basketball card as well. So we've got you guys some sweats for Thursday. We've got you guys some sweats for Sunday. We're going to take a little bit of a look at the NBA along the way as well as we've got Three tremendous guests that are going to be joining me. We're going to be joined in 15 minutes by Anthony DeBundo. He does great work over at Action Network, and he's going to be chatting with me about what he's liking in the Super Bowl. And on top of that, I know that there's a few player props that he's got for the Super Bowl. We'll be chatting with him about that and just with really all three of our guests as well. Not only am I going to be asking about their props, am I going to be asking about their side in total with regards to the Super Bowl, but just in general, how they do bet it. Because I do think that a big part of Super Week, and I think that it is so important as betters, is to just take a look at the process itself. Because it's always about trying to give you guys a little bit about what people are liking, always want to give the picks, but at the same time, how to be able to dive in a little bit and just find a system that works for you as well so we're going to be doing that all throughout the night but anthony i know that he does great work over at action network and a couple of that i know that he does a tremendous job taking a look at the game of college basketball not a lot of ranked teams in action on thursday but we've got as i always like to say with the thursday college basketball card it's a lot of steak it's not a lot of sizzle it's a lot of steak i'm a man that loves steak so i love thursday college basketball cards so anthony is going to be joining us in 15 minutes and a little bit over an hour from now Stephanie Smalls is going to be in studio. She does great work over at Hall of Fame Gaming. I believe that that is the group that Deshaun Jackson started up. She does a great job on the DFS side of things. Does a tremendous job taking a look at some NFL, taking a look at a little bit of golf. She is going to be joining me in studio. She's in lovely Las Vegas for the Super Bowl. So going to be a lot of fun having her on in a little bit over an hour. And then two hours and 15 minutes from now, it'll be Scott Reichel, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. For those that are looking for 
It's what's on the Thursday card. They're not college basketball based. Well, Scott is your guy. He does a great job when it comes to taking a look at some NHL, taking a look at some NBA. When tennis is in season, he always does a great job there. So you're going to get a little bit of, as I always like to call it, potpourri with Scott in our number three. So we've got ourselves an absolutely tremendous guest list. And we do have ourselves a lot of excitement building for the Super Bowl. I can tell you, with my drive-in to work, it was a little bit more traffic. Monday and Tuesday, as you know, typically a little bit more chill with regards to the Super Bowl. And personally, a little bit of a treat for me. This is my first time being in the same city as a Super Bowl is being played. With having been born and raised in the state of Wisconsin, we have never hosted a Super Bowl. And that's a little bit unfortunate. I would love to see one these days. A Super Bowl in Lambeau Field. I don't think that we are ever going to be getting it. I think that NFL would probably be striking that proposal down but that said we've got a tremendous week out here in lovely las vegas i know that it was being alluded to by matt humans along with west reynolds that one of our good friends who was out there randy mckay eating some dinner at berries he was running into joe montana and everything like that so it truly is the place to be and what is really the place to be right now is taking a look at a lot of these props and i think that the big thing with regards to the super bowl because side in total it's been stagnant the last few days we have seen a few places move to a two and a half with regards to this line but feels like every single time it moves to two and a half it goes back to two right now we are stuck on two money line has moved a little bit one i was doing this show yesterday the chiefs were more on a plus 105 at DraftKings. now we're seeing them at more of a plus 102 at DraftKings. i know that there's a lot of other places where you're finding more around a plus 112 to a plus 115 and right now for myself personally I'm just trying to extract as much out of the line as humanly possible as I am going to be betting the Chiefs on the money line. I've yet to place that wager, though, just because I've been taking a look at a lot of the plus 110s. thought that that was going to be going up just a little bit. And right now, we are at that plus 115 number. Maybe I'm getting a little bit greedy, th- greedy thinking that perhaps there might be a plus 120 that presents itself. But that's currently what I am waiting on. But I mean, that is much of the Super Bowl. And that's just sports betting in general. Just a case where not only are you betting on the teams, because everyone wants to know, oh, are you betting on the 49ers and the Chiefs? Are you betting on the over or the under? Everyone wants to know that. But when it comes down to it, you're not just betting teams, you're betting numbers. And that is what is so important about it. And it doesn't matter whether you're betting on the smallest of the small games, because we're going to be taking a look at a lot of Atlantic Sun action tonight in college basketball. The old Coastal Conference, which if you're wondering what in the world is the Coastal Conference, they rebranded the uh, Colonial Conference to the Coastal Conference. Why they did that, I have absolutely no idea. Just like why the George Washington Colonials are now the revolutionaries, sometimes name changes just happen. And I don't understand any of those, but you have a lot of those. And obviously you're taking a lot of numbers there, but... And you do want to be keeping this in mind. And that's really big when it comes to these props. And you've heard it throughout the network all throughout the week. Now it becomes a question of, all right, when are we going to find the buy point on a lot of these unders? Because I personally have been holding off with a lot of these player props because I do think that this is going to be a little bit more of an under Super Bowl. Hopefully it turns out a little bit better for myself than it did last year because I had the correct side in the Super Bowl, but I had a lot of props that... I thought we're going to be hitting for the under. I also thought that there was going to be no kick that was going to hit the crossbar. 
I mean, that was one of those where it's like, you got to be kidding me. That's when, that's when I knew that it was not going to be my Super Bowl. And that happens from time to time. And that's a big reason why you don't want to be getting just overly invested in this. It's something that I've been saying all week long. And I'm going to say it once again, because I think that it's really the biggest takeaway from Super Bowl week. Just because this is the last game of the NFL season does not mean that this is the last day for your bankroll. Absolutely, you've got so many opportunities with regards to the NBA, college basketball. March Madness is going to be in our lives in a month. You're going to have NFL preseason back in our lives in August. You can put that money in a CD for six months, pull it back out, and then start betting once again. If you don't bet anything other than football, it will be back in our lives. You don't want to be saying that this is an all-in or all-out sort of situation. Always be practicing some good bankroll management, but now is that time where you do try to be able to extract a little bit more value when it comes to some of these props, as we are discussing a little bit more on the Super Bowl right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. And what I'm really jonesing about, and I know that the Superbook out here in Las Vegas typically puts up a lot of these, and these typically come a little bit later on during the week. But what I am really jonesing about is always these cross-board props as well, because I've been talking about it throughout the week here on the show. While you've got the Super Bowl that's going on, you've got so many other leagues that they're going to provide a lot of betting opportunities for you. Over the next four or so days in college basketball, you are going to have well over 200 games to be able to bet from. In the NBA, you've got night in and night out, typically at the very minimum five games, since really those like TNT Thursdays, things like that. Typically, you've got tons of action there. You've got a lot that happens in the NHL. Heck, I remember last year, I was taking a look at things like I, I forget what player I was betting on in terms of receptions, but it was a player receptions for someone from the Kansas City Chiefs against how many rounds the Volkanovski fight would go. I actually hit that one, so I was feeling good on that front. But there's a lot of ways that you could actually make money on the Super Bowl with it being through other sports. This is the one thing that is very unique about this event because never in a million years are you going to be able to get like random props like are there going to be more points scored by insert Kennesaw State player here in their game against Austin P versus like the amount of yards that you're going to be getting from Beekle Hardman or something like that. But you're going to be getting that this week with like a lot of those Sunday college basketball games going up against the NFL games. There's a lot of places that have a lot of props there. I know there's been like a lot of Taylor Swift props that's been popping up. That's not necessarily my speed. I do think that Taylor Swift does a tremendous job and everything like that. I'm just... Not much of a music person, so that's not one that I'm going to be diving in on. I'm not too well-versed in that. I'm well-versed in basketball, drinking beer, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I will let you know if something else comes to mind, but I'm good at those two things. But that said, when it comes to just taking a look at those cross-sport props, I do think that that's a good way of being able to dive into things, even if you're not as much of an NFL better. Like, those that listen to the show and those that know me, my main two sports are college basketball and baseball. I'm not going to be really finding any sort of way to be able to bet baseball with regards to these cross-sport props, and I am someone that I stay away from futures. There is always from time to time things that do pop up when it comes to, like, more NCAA tournament wins, Arizona versus more catches, Miko Hartman, and things like that. Those are not the ones I'm going to be diving in on. I do want to be keeping it to one separate event. And that's a thing that you do want to be doing as well. If you are a futures player, this is actually a good time to be able to get down on it as well, because you do have those sorts of things that do pop up. I still remember a few years ago, it was during that 
Astros cheating scandal when they were like really, really getting booed. I mean, there was a prop out, I believe it was from stations out here in lovely Las Vegas, where you had more that was going to be happening, like rushing yards of insert player here, or like Astros getting beamed throughout the 2020, I believe it was season. That was the first go around for the 49ers versus Chiefs. Like you're able to find a whole lot of those. So there are so many ways we all bet the big game. Don't just be thinking, oh, I've got to bet the side. I bet the total. And we're going to take a look at just these individual player props. If you're someone that you're outside of the realm of the NFL, this is actually a very valuable time for you. And you can be able to find some value on the board. That's right now what I'm taking a look at. Like I said, a lot of the books that have yet to place these cross-board props up. You're going to be expecting those more on Thursday, more on Friday as you get into Super Bowl Sunday. And that means that the steam has yet to be able to hit yet. So if you... Or like me trying to Jones for a few of those. You're going to be able to find some good value there. And we're going to try to find you some good value with regards to college basketball board tonight as well. Because like I always say, with regards to the college basketball board for Thursday, you're going to get a lot of your smaller conferences. But a lot of times when it comes to the board, the smaller edges are going to be coming on the bigger games. The bigger edges, they do come on these smaller games. So very much looking forward to taking a look at that. But we do have to take a look at some of the props. And just the way that Anthony DeBundo in general is going to be playing the Super Bowl. He does great work over at Action Network. We're going to be talking a little NFL. We're going to be talking some college basketball with him next on the Great Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Doc Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Super Bowl betting guide is out right now and is here to help you bet on the big game. This year's guide features in-depth team breakdowns along Steve Mackinac Super Bowl simulation with player props. Plus, you get favor prop bets, picks, and best bets from decent shows and guests, including how the legend himself, Brent Musburger, is going to be betting the big game be able to get the guide and all that VEASAN has to offer. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber over at VSIN.com 
backslash pro. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. It is always great to be joined by this man, Anthony DeBundo. He does such good work over at Action Network, taking a look at so many different things. I know that he's very enveloped in the Super Bowl. Couple that, he does a great job taking a look at some international soccer, some college basketball as well, and certainly we'll be touching upon a little college basketball with him in about 15 or so minutes. And Anthony, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Good to be here. Excited we only have one game left. It's always a little bittersweet because you're like, oh, thank God we got to the end of the season. And then you realize, shoot, there's not many more games pretty soon. But yeah, baseball's right around the corner. So, and March Madness, of course. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure that you, much like me, are just jonesing to get this game on because it is one of those cases where you've got the big giant ramp up. So you just want to see whether or not your bets cash or not. And let's see if we can find some winners here. As first things first, we'll take a look at the spread and the total before we take a look at some of the player props that you're going to be playing for the Super Bowl. We're holding pretty steady with a total of 47 and a half and most places have the Chiefs as a two-point underdog. If you search far and wide, you're going to be able to find a two and a half popping up from time to time, but it's been mostly two. But how do you take a look at just the straight up side and total for this game? Yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit. I started out thinking, you know, when the line came out and I'm thinking, oh man, how am I not going to back Mahomes as an underdog against Brock Purdy here? And, you know, it's kind of similar to last year where the Chiefs were probably not as good overall as the Eagles, but they had the quarterback advantage and, and you know, made the right plays, had the ball last in, in a coin flip game. It ultimately came down to it. But I really think that as I've, you know, gone deeper into this game, I've come away a little bit more skeptical of Kansas City and a little bit more, you know, towards San Francisco. I think when you look at the overall concerns, I know that Kansas City's offense has been better in the playoffs, but there still exists some red zone issues. They finished the season 19th in red zone efficiency, scoring touchdowns. Uh, and even in the second half against the Ravens, they had a series of punts. They only averaged about three and a half yards per play in that second half. Uh, they really couldn't get anything going. And that's been a common theme all year. In the second halves of games, they've been one of the worst offenses in the NFL, and I think it's going to be a problem for them trying to keep up with this offense in San Francisco, which I don't think will fall into the trap that the Ravens did, where the Ravens just abandoned the run the minute they fell behind. I am much more confident in uh, the, the the 49ers offense to stick to their plan, stick to what they're good at, stick to their, their run game, and have success against this Chiefs front. So uh, I, I think if, if I have to play a side here, I think it should be closer to three. I understand why it's not. Everybody's been backing Mahomes as an underdog. But really, if you're betting the Chiefs here, you're making a pretty big bet on Steve Spagnolo and this defense, which you know has been elite at points in the season, but uh, still facing a, a juggernaut offense in San Francisco that's going to be, I think, tough to stop. So uh, I, I would bet the Niners if you had to take a side, and I probably will end up by Sunday building the courage to kind of get myself onto a Niners ticket. Uh, I do think that they should be laying the full field goal. And I think that it's really crazy to say, but I'm going to ask you the question anyway, because I am on the personally, the Kansas City Chiefs. And part of the reason why I am is that out of the four main units on the field, the offenses of both teams and the defenses of both teams, I do think that the Chiefs defense might be the most dominant of the four. And is it a case where an over actually bodes a little bit better in this game for the 49ers rather than the Chiefs, which you'd never think because Patrick Mahomes is on the side of the Chiefs. Yeah, it's funny you say that because I wrote uh, a piece at Action Network on Tuesday about the second half under trend, which if you've been following the NFL closely this year, you probably know Kansas City is 18 and two to the second half under. And I even wrote uh, in the column that, you know, it's hard to see the Chiefs winning a shootout because they're just not as explosive. 
you know, they were able to do it against a Buffalo defense that was very decimated. Uh, but even in the second half of that game, it was the Chiefs defense standing tall in the fourth quarter that ultimately got them across the line there. Uh, and then the offense, you know, still has, like I said, those red zone concerns and those lack of explosiveness. I mean, years past, it was pretty much like the Chiefs were a top three offense. The minute they fell behind, everybody would run to their sports books and they would bet the Chiefs live money line, live money line. They were the number one or number two offense when passing from behind in the NFL for four straight years. And this year, they're below average in EPA per pass when trailing. So this is just an offense that doesn't have the same juice. And I don't think you can just ignore what happened uh, during most of the season just because they had a couple of good playoff games. Sure, you want to bump them. You want to give them credit for that. They can clearly elevate in the playoffs. But again, people who backed Mahomes as a dog and were then victory lapping after the Baltimore win, they didn't score in the second half. If I told you before the AFC Championship game, Kansas City is going to score 17 points and they're not going to score in the second half, would you have felt good about your Chiefs money line or even Chiefs plus four tickets, four and a half? I wouldn't have. And I, knew, I didn't bet a side in the game. Um, so I, I really think that, you know, obviously the Ravens defense is number one in the NFL. The Niners defense is not that, but the market has come down on the power rating of this Niners defense. Back in week 15, we were saying, you know, some odds makers were saying they're four points better than everybody else. They're five points better. Well, clearly uh, the offense has held up its end of the bargain and the defense is not. And the defense has been downgraded to the point now. I would have taken Detroit and Green Bay's offenses over Kansas City right now. Uh, and so I think that's an interesting way of thinking about this game. You know, we, we, we talked so much about how it was a defense for San Francisco that was a problem in the playoffs. They played two great offenses too. I mean, you have to give them credit. Yep, absolutely we do, and it has been just a wild playoff run for both of these teams, to say the least, to be able to get into the spot as Anthony DeBundo, who does great work over at Action Network, is joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and I know you were alluding to it right now, you're building the courage to be able to take the 49ers in this spot, but when it comes to some of the player props, have there been any that you have fired in on quite yet, or is this a circumstance where you're in a little bit more of wait-and-see mode as you take a look to see how the line shift throughout the rest of the week? Yeah, so I've already made three bets uh, so far. I took the second half under just out of principle, something I've been doing most of the season with Kansas City. Uh, you can pay a little bit of juice. There's like a minus 130 out there if you want the 24 and a half. Of course, 24 being a very key number. Uh, if not, 23 and a half minus 110 is fine with me. I wrote a piece about that second half under trend, like I mentioned before. Uh, the offense was consistently like ninth, 10th every year in, in second half scoring. Uh, they are down well below league average this year, and their defense is first in, in not allowing points. There's all kinds of different things in play. Pace is slower in the second half. They're 26th in second half pace. Niners 32nd. First half, Chiefs are 8th. So they play a lot faster. Their defense uh, stiffens up against the run in the second half. Chris Jones has as many tackles against the run in the fourth quarter as he does in the first three combined this year. So he clearly kind of saving himself for those fourth quarters. So I did take some second half under. Uh, I also like some Isaiah Pacheco over 65 and a half rush yards. They've been leaning on him a lot. Their, their pass rate has actually gone down in the playoffs, and I think there's something to that. Chiefs playing, like we said earlier, to make this an ugly game, to shorten it, and going up against the Niners defense, 31st in success rate since Week 9. Only the Seahawks were worse. So I think you can have this team on the ground. They were targeting Chase Young in the run game and picking on him a little bit. And, and Armstead did make a comment that uh, they were practicing you know, specific runs that the Chiefs like to do. But I still think they're going to have success on the ground. So Chiefs will move the ball. So I took some Pacheco over 65 and a half. But then I also took Bucker over one and a half field goals made. First, you've got Andy Reid, who's pretty conservative on fourth downs. 
bottom eight in the league, kind of going forward aggressively on the fourth down decisions. And then, like I said, the Chiefs offense, 19th in red zone. When they get down into those red areas and you have a 49ers defense that can put more guys in the box, they're very good against short underneath stuff. They tackle really well. Uh, that's where it's going to be tough for Kansas City to keep up, I think. I think they're going to have to settle for one or two too many field goals, uh, and it'll go over the prop, and it might even cost them the game. So uh, I trust the Niners' red zone way more, number one offense in the red zone, than I do Kansas City, who's 19th. So uh, those are my props that I'm playing for the bowl. Very excited for the game. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully we get we get a good good game. I agree with you, and I do want to dive in on this as well. When it comes to just betting Super Bowl MVP, it's something that I don't do a ton of, and I have yet to place any bets myself, but how would you be looking at this market with Patrick Mahomes, Brock Purdy, by far number one, and number two, Christian McCaffrey, number three, and I do think that it is a really interesting market because, as we know, a Super Bowl MVP, it feels like it's much more wide open than it is with regards to a lot of these other markets that you're able to find because we have seen guys like a Malcolm Brown, like a Dexter Jackson on the defensive side of things be able to win this award in the past. Yeah, I think Purdy's a little cheap. Like, I think the narrative's gotten a little too far almost with, like, how low the odds are. The favorite quarterback in the Super Bowl is plus 225. Uh, That's pretty crazy to me. I I think there's very few worlds where, like, Purdy, if Purdy isn't good, they probably lose. Uh, he, like, if he makes mistakes, it probably is what costs him the game. Like, that's probably the biggest concern if you're back in the Niners, right? It's like, oh, gosh, like Purdy could make a couple of mistakes. Chiefs capitalize, swings the game. But if Purdy is good enough to outscore Mahomes, that's going to be the narrative. It's going to be Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, overcame, you know, all of this great underdog story, won the game for the Niners. Plus 25 to me seems like the best bet on the board uh, if you like San Francisco. So that's what I would do. And we do have ourselves a lot that is going to be coming up for the Super Bowl. I know that Anthony DeBundo is very much enveloped in that. But on top of that, does a great job taking a look at some college basketball. We're going to be chatting about the Thursday slate with him next on the Greg Peterson Experience. I'm Visa, the Sports Betting Network. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Put the VEASAN experts to work for you and start betting smarter with a VEASAN Pro subscription. Sign up for a VEASAN Pro annual subscription and you get a discount of $41 by being a loyal listener to the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network, just by utilizing the promo code GREG when you sign up for an annual subscription. That takes the price down from $240 to $199, and you get access to everything that we do. Our daily best bets with a leaderboard to see which Visa expert has got the hot hand. Betting splits to show you where the money and the bets are moving on every single game. 24-7 video access, premium analysis, betting systems, and the Super Bowl betting guide. It's got best bets on favorite player props, all the hosts and what we're picking, and so much more. Remember, utilize that promo code GREG. You're able to save yourself some nice money on a VEASAN annual subscription when you utilize that promo code of G-R-E-G and be able to utilize it. You go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Always great to be joined by Anthony DeBundo. He does absolutely tremendous work over at Action Network. And Anthony, I know that we dove in on your Super Bowl props last segment. So let's take a look at some sweats that we are going to be getting on Thursday. And we've got ourselves a lot of Pac-12 action and We've got ourselves a line that is skyrocketing upward 
in the Pac-12. Washington versus Oregon is where we're going to lead off here with Oregon. They open up as a five and a half point favorite, which I thought was a pretty fair line. Now this is between seven and even eight points. Total on this game is 155. And I don't think that there's any question that Oregon should be the favorite in this spot. They won the first meeting between these two teams. But I think the big question is, has this line gone too far or is there still a little bit of value with the line move? I, I do think the line's gone a bit too far. If you look at it, I think, uh, you know, there is some concern with the Washington defense. And like, I get it. Like they have not played good defense in the last uh, you know, month or so, and you started to see their numbers slip. But you know, it's it's. I've talked about this a few times when I come on. You know, like spot tax, so to speak. It's getting a little out of hand. I mean, there's. It's very hard for you to make a case to me that the line should be four points off, like a Ken Palm projection, this late in the season by mid-February now, and you're just paying like out of pocket for these these so-called spots. And I don't really agree. I mean, how different are these two teams? Oregon's made a ton of threes lately. Okay, yes, Washington's perimeter defense, not particularly good. They'll give up threes. So, you know, that in theory is a, you know, a chance for them to go here. But if you look at like the shot quality data, this Oregon team has overperformed offensively based on their shot quality numbers. And I even said earlier, you know, a few weeks ago that I thought the Oregon defense was improving. And that's generally been true, but it's not like they're, you know, exactly putting up these elite numbers. Um, so I just don't think Oregon gets enough stops to warrant them laying almost eight points here. So yeah, I'm actually taking taking the points with the uh, Huskies. Should be a lot of points in this one, a lot of pace. Uh, both defenses outside the top 150 now in the last two months since conference play started by the Bartorovic numbers. So, you know, I think Oregon's rightly favored. And like you said, should probably be laying about five, five and a half. But once you get up to seven, even up to eight, it's way too many points. So I will be reluctantly backing the Huskies because it's not a great spot for them, right? We talk about this travel here, but, uh, you know, Washington did just come off of an OT loss uh, against their against their rivals uh, in the uh, the Basketball Apple Cup. So, you know, maybe they come out a little motivated here and uh, and can get, you know, a competitive game here between two teams that don't play a lot of defense. Yep, I'm right there with you. And I was even willing to lay up to six points with Oregon. So that five and a half number, I thought that that was actually a perfect number. Now that we're getting up to seven here at Circa, where I sit, this is up to eight. It has just gone a little bit too far. So I wholeheartedly agree with you there. And I do think that this one is going to be fascinating as well out there in the Pac-12. It's the, in my opinion, biggest game of the night. Arizona is going to be on the road facing off against Utah. Utah, in most places, a five and a half point underdog. We're seeing one or two straight sixes out there with a total of 160. Last time these two teams met up, Arizona just completely shot the lights out from three-point range against Utah. This is a Utah team that has a really good home court edge. How do you side with this one with an Arizona team that it feels like it's really been all or nothing with this team the last few weeks? That That's the beauty of Arizona. They play a, a style that can be erratic at times, and when the things are going good and they're dominating the glass, like, they're awesome. I mean, they, they play, their ceiling is as high as anybody in the country, but we've now seen a couple of instances especially on the road in the league where they just kind of haven't really lived up to that billing. Uh, they had a tough loss at Washington state, tough, pretty bad loss at Stanford. And then a horrible loss to Oregon state. Uh, we, I think we were joking about that a couple weeks ago saying, mm -hmm. Oh, well, you know, it's 18 and a half. They might get caught looking ahead to Oregon. Uh, and then they lost uh, outright, which is absurd. But I think when you think about this matchup and that you mentioned it, right? Like they made a ton of threes in the last game. If they do that again, yes, they're probably going to win this going away. But more often than not, like Utah is not going to get dominated on the glass. That's a huge key. Arizona's 
one of the top rebounding teams in the country on offense. They get all kinds of extra possessions. They dominate the interior against so many teams. I think they're going to struggle to do that here because Utah's so elite on the defensive glass. They they prioritize defensive rebounding uh, under Smith, and they also protect the rim. I mean, Haslametrics has them as an elite rim defense this season, not allowing much at the rim near post uh, percentage of field goals is, is very low. So uh, Balo had a big game last time. So, you know, that's definitely an example of somewhere where he was able to find success. They shot uh, over 60% on twos, but uh, I do think that the Utah defense has a decent matchup here to get enough stops and keep this game competitive. Uh, and what has been a tricky spot, you're still relying on guards at Arizona that I don't fully trust. I think that gives them a little bit of a high variance kind of style. Uh, they they sometimes settle for bad shots. And so if they're facing a tough rim defense, they settle for too many threes, they don't fall. And all of a sudden you've got a, a close coin flip game late. So I do like Utah with the six. I wouldn't play it below five, but I think the Utes have a chance to be competitive in this one. Yep, with Utah, I do expect a better game out of them. The question is, can they continue to be as stifling on defense as they have been at home recently as they've got some of the biggest home and road splits that you're going to find in all of college basketball? So joining me on the show, we do have Anthony DeBundo, who does great work over at Action Network. Joining me on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network, and one of the most demonstrative teams was with regards to their home and road splits as well. Also, also out there in the Pac-12, and not who you might think. Oregon State is actually a whole heck of a lot better with their defense at home rather than on the road. You get the team on the road and they can't guard a soul. But that said, when it comes to Oregon State, they're nine to nine and a half point home underdogs against Washington State. Total on this game is 135 and a half. Where do you stand on this game? Because with Oregon State, I recognize that this team is not terrific to say the least, but we were just alluding to it. The team has already knocked off Arizona on their home floor, and I do think that that trip to Corvallis is always one that gets a little bit overlooked and provides a little bit more value than sometimes is pricing in the book. Yeah, look, it's funny because I've been banging the drum about Kyle Smith at Washington State for the last couple of years. And I finally like kind of just cooled my jets. And now they're having a season that's going to get them in the NCAA tournament. If you were to look for a spot to sell a team, I think this is probably it. Uh, you're not really getting that market discount on them where the market kind of expects the regression and then you don't really get that good of a number. But the Bartorvik numbers on this Washington State team, top 25 offense in conference play since it began and a top 33 overall, 33rd best in the nation since uh, January 1. So they're playing at an elite level, and the market's given them a ton of respect here. It is a tough spot, though. They just had three huge wins in a row. Uh, they beat Utah, they beat Colorado, they beat Washington, like I mentioned before, in overtime on the road. And now they have this really difficult away trip where like a split would be a great result for them. Uh, and you could get caught looking ahead a little bit with Oregon State not being much of a threat. The one thing that's concerning about Washington is just that they apply so little ball pr- Washington State rather they apply so little ball pressure that they are apt to get picked off uh, when they face teams who can you know get to the line and, and shoot a lot of threes uh, and make some threes and and so you know when they've been in conference play uh, this Oregon State team hasn't been terrible from the line uh, and from the uh, three so uh, it's a little bit risky for Washington State I think they are inflated and they would be Oregon State or nothing for me but like you said you're back in a a really bad team and, and a home court advantage that like on paper doesn't seem great. I mean, it's not like it's like a packed house every night for, for Tinkle and, and, and them in a pretty small gym, but they seem to get the results to, you know, back it up. So who might, who might criticize? 
Yep, I used to work out in the great state of Oregon a few years ago. I was actually over at the official flagship station of or the Oregon Ducks, and I mean, Corvallis is just a tough place to travel to in general. So while you might not have a packed house, it is it does take a lot out of you being able to have that travel. So that's been a little bit to their advantage as well. And we got about a minute left. Do want to ask you about this game as well? We've got Florida Atlantic, a ranked team that is going to be in action, going on the road against UAB as a four and a half to a five and a half point favor with a total of 155 and a half to 156. How do you evaluate this Florida Atlantic team that the defense it has been lacking, but the offense that we saw from last season, it is there and it is in full force. Well, you know, Florida Atlantic's tricky this year because they're taking a hit in some of the metrics and I, and I understand why they're down to 27th in uh, Ken Palm down to 40th in Haslam metrics. And you mentioned it like their defense has been a real concern and it's not just that, but their consistency, right? So Haslam metrics has a, has a metric called consistency, uh, which is like how, you know, steady performances are you. They are 344th in the country and 257th away from home. So you've seen these teams in the American get up for them, right? They go to UTSA. They probably should have lost that game. Stole it late, won in overtime. They barely beat Tulane, uh, and they really struggle on the road. So I think it's a trap spot. Maybe take some money line, but uh, uh, no, nothing else for me on this one. Well, we've always got those great analysis from Anthony DeBundo. Does great work over at Action Network. And coming up next, we'll take a little bit more of a dive on the College Basketball Thursday card right here on the Great Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. There has never been a better time to have skin in the game than with DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Because right now, we've got a decent exclusive offer for new DraftKings customers. Earn a $500 bonus bet for every $1,000 you bet up to $2,500. Do not wait. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Utilize the promo code VSIN when you do. And you're able to earn up to a $500 bonus bet for every $1,000 that you bet. 
That's right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook with that promo code of VSIN. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, and that is a whale of an offer, by the way, for anyone that wants to take advantage. I personally a would be probably if I were able to get that $500 bonus bet, doing everything humanly possible to be able to lock down just that money in general, because I'm always one of those people, because you do get those signups when it comes to sports books, what have you, when you have to put it all in one bet. It's just one of those cases where it's like, all right, what's the most sure thing that I could take a look at? And of course, probably when I bet it, it probably would be going to mush where it's like, all right, how can I just be able to secure this? That way I can split it up into smaller bets because I am a big stand for bankroll management. I am always someone that wants to be having a little bit more volume myself. Now, I know that there are some out there that you want to be playing a little bit bigger. For me, it's all about slow and steady wins the race. And the way that you are able to win the race in college basketball is just grinding it out all throughout the season. We've got a really nice card for Thursday. Again, we're not going to have a lot of ranked teams, but you've got a circumstance where you've got a lot of games on the board. And trust me, when you take out the $20, $100, whatever you bet bills, when you are able to cash a winner, when it comes to just sports in general, it does not go into like a different code where if you cash in the Super Bowl or if you cash in the NBA, it's a different color or anything like that. It's all green. It's all the same. So doesn't matter whether you're betting on the Super Bowl or if you're betting on Hofstra versus Hampton, you're able to make some money here. Sub 65, sub 66 on the card. Hampton finds themselves as 11.0 underdogs. And your total on this game is anywhere between 146.5 and 147. And I'm a little bit surprised at how low this total is. I set my total more around 154.5. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Now, for this Hampton team, they've been a little bit more respectable on defense in the last few games. And the same goes for this Hofstra team. But these are a pair of teams that have been playing the Ole style of defense thus far this season. Hampton. Outside the top 330 in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. Meanwhile, got a Hofstra team that has absolutely no size whatsoever. Hofstra is about 300th in all of college basketball with regards to rebound rate, which should be able to keep Hampton a little bit more lively than expected in this game. Hampton does have a guy in uh, Kyrie Mullen who's been able to give you about nine rebounds per game. That said, this is a Hampton team that they do give up the arc. They are well outside the top 250 with regards to opponent's three-point shooting percentage. And guess what this Hofstra does, team does? They bomb it from three-point range. You've got two guys in Darlson Dunbar along with Tyler Thomas who've been able to combine for a little bit under 40 points per game. They both combine for about 12 and a half rebounds. And with Thomas, he shoots 36% from three. Dunbar is able to shoot around 40.8% from distance as well. And this is a Hofstra team that is very unique in terms of their offense. Overall, in terms of points scored on a per-possession basis, they're about 131st in all of college basketball. But if you look at how they're playing on the road, they're actually averaging more points per possession when they're away from home rather than at home. About two full points more per 100 possessions. Meanwhile, you've got an amateur team that certainly they are not quite living up to their billing with regards to their home and road splits. I mean, they're giving up pretty much the same amount of points with regards to a per-possession basis when they're at home rather than in a roadside search court environment. And for the softer team, in terms of their defense, they're giving up about 9.5 points more per 1-hour possessions when they leave home as well. So that's why I do think that we're going to be seeing a relatively high-scoring expose. And when it comes to this Hampton team, the biggest thing for them is that all of a sudden, their top scorer from a season ago, Jordan Nesbitt, he is... Looking like he's fully healthy now because 
with Nesbitt. He missed the first about eight or so games of the season. He returned and he clearly was not himself. He was registering by a season about 15 points, six points per contest. His first like seven games back, he had gotten to double figures in just one of them. You take a look at what he's been able to do over the team's last eight games. This is more of the Jordan Nesbitt that we all know and love. 14 points, 5.8 assists, steal and a half, shooting 35.5% from three points. So that elevates the offensive play that you've got with this Hampton team. It is a Hampton bunch and they do turn the ball over a little bit too much on defense. They also don't generate a lot of turnovers. Really, neither of these teams generates a lot of turnovers, so you're going to have a lot of clean possessions, and you've got a Hampton team that's looking to run it and gun it. This team is in the top 55 in all of college basketball with regards to total possessions per game, so I do think that Hofstra is going to be able to put up there a very nice number, which is why I did somebody total 154 and a half. I'm looking at the over, and despite the fact that Hampton does have Mullen down low, I do think that this is a Hampton team that's just outgunned in this spot. I set Hofstra as a 12 and a half point favorite. I'm going to be willing to lay it with the pride of Hofstra, and Going to be taking a look at this total over as well. We've also got a very nice special when it comes to this college basketball Thursday. That is that we've got a team with a zero in the win column that is going to be taking the floor. And I do not think that this is the moment where we are going to be seeing them get that first win. 763 to 764 on the betting board. Right State, they hope to be the right side. They play us to Detroit. Detroit finds themselves as underdogs of between 18 and a half to 19 and a half points. Don's game is between 159 and a half and 160. Now, one of my favorite movies to watch right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network, is the old Minions movies. And in Despicable Me 2, the great Stuart the Minion, he was on the phone and he had one of the greatest quotes ever. The quote was, eh, no. That is how I feel about anyone trying to bet the money line on Detroit in this spot. You don't want to be doing it. This team is ghastly. They are all sorts of ghastly. They are outside the top 250 in terms of points scored, points allowed, rebound rate, turnover rate, and opponent's three-point shooting percentage. Like, you take a look at their metrics, it's just all sorts of red. But what is surprising about this Detroit team, they once played a game this year against Ole Miss out there in the SEC, a team that might make the NCAA tournament, played them to one point on the road, so... This has been a very interesting team, and now they do have their top scorer back in Jaden Stone. Jaden Stone has been able to give you about 21 points per contest. He shoots about 30% from three, which doesn't sound good, but for a Detroit team, that is a whole. They're shooting about 26.5% from three-point range. That's actually not too bad, and they do go up against a Wright State team that if they're going to be able to hang up a big number against anyone, it's going to be Wright State. As Wright State, they have been right with their offense and they've been wrong with their defense. Wright State, a top 75 team in terms of points scored on a per possession basis. Trey Calvin, Tanner Holden, these two guys, they have been tremendous in being able to generate offense. They're giving you about 37 points per contest. These two guys combined to shoot about 38% from three point range, but Wright State is right down there with Detroit in terms of their defense. 350th in all of college basketball in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis for this Wright State team. And you just take a look at the way that this Detroit team is getting absolutely cooked and barbecued. It has been all sorts of awful for them as they've now given up 77 plus points in pretty much five out of their last seven games. They just have not had a heartbeat of defense whatsoever. And they go up against a Wright State team that does a relatively solid job of being able to hit the glass. Brandon Noel has been able to give you about eight boards. He does a solid job being able to pop it from three-point range. Overall, it's a Wright State team that's about 161st in all of college basketball with regards to rebound rate. 
I do think that we're getting to a relatively correct number in this spot as I did set Detroit as a underdog of 19 points. We were seeing some 18 and a halfs out there. If you're able to get the 18 and a half, I'd be willing to lay with right state. Wouldn't want to be going much further, but by all means, this is not the time to get cute and be like, oh, Detroit, they're going to have this big giant money line. You don't want any part of that. If we can get to 20, I'd be willing to take a 20 with Detroit, but that's really pushing it at this point. What I really like here is right now the over. I did set my total north of 160. I set my total 161. Even if Detroit only hangs like 65 or so points on the board, which that's really bad. Considering how just absolutely lambasted this right state defense has been all season long. I mean, it's a case where right state could easily go off for 100 in this game. So going to be taking a look at the over. And like I said, with right state, if you're able to still get 18 and a half, I'd be willing to lay it. Once you get to 20, that becomes my buy point on this really, really rough Detroit team. But how about if we now also take a look at America's favorite tag team? And you might be wondering, Greg, who's America's favorite tag team? Well, you don't just get William. You don't just get Mary. You get both. 759, 760 on the betting board. William and Mary hits the road face off against Monmouth. Monmouth is an eight and a half point favorite. So on game is between 142.5 and 143. If I was only getting William, I would not be willing to take the points here. But you know what? Since we are getting both, it is a circumstance where there's a little bit of value on William and Mary. Now, starting to dry up. This was a number that before was nine and a half. Now it's down to eight and a half. I would need this to get back to nine if you're looking at the eight and a half to be able to play this one. But with William and Mary, they're rough with regards to their defense. They are outside the top 300 in terms of points allowed on a per possession basis. But Glenn Dorsey is a nice spot-up shooter. It's a William & Mary team that they only turned the ball over about 11 and a half times for contest. Going up against a Monmouth team that is rough with regards to the rebound rate. They give it up from three-point range. I do like this total over semi-total 144 and a half. And we can get back to that over of nine and a half. I do see some value here with America's favorite take team of William & Mary. And coming up next, we've got to take a look at my DK Network right up for this College Basketball Thursday on the college, on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.